When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello and welcome to 49 Unbeaten, the official Arsenal Battle podcast. It's episode 17 and we are previewing the Arsenal versus Man City game. I'm again joined by Dan and we've got Luke, a Man City fan, here to get sort of the opposition angle on it. Um, going into it, we both played midweek. Neither team have an advantage of rest. Uh, obviously, Arsenal playing on a Thursday, Man City playing earlier in the week. Will that day advantage give Man City a little bit of an extra edge or do they need the extra edge? I mean, at the moment, I think it doesn't really, really matter really, because are you playing Portugal or is it at home? We're, we're in Rome. Oh, oh yeah, the whole mixed up European stuff. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, I don't think it'd be much of an issue, obviously, because obviously everyone's rotating squads at the moment, so I don't think it's much of an issue. But every game is different to the other one, isn't it? I mean, you've seen the league this year; every game is random. No one knows who's going to win or lose. So, I'd say it's definitely. I think obviously jet lag could play a, it could play a hand in it, but I'm not going to take that as a certain because Arsenal was still a good team even even going forward. So I'm still going to take that as a you know a serious thing. Yes, considering recent form, Arsenal being a very good team is is very generous. So we'll take that. <laughs> um, we've not been too fortunate in our last meetings. FA Cup aside, you obviously beat us in the league, beat us in the League Cup. It's it's never a game that you look forward to as an Arsenal fan. Sit down. Yeah, I mean, was it? I mean, oh, oh, each one. No, oh, it, it doesn't matter. Okay. Yeah, no, as Arsenal fans, whenever Man City um, come to town or if we got to Manchester, you're always kind of going, oh, it's a big game and you're always going to feel optimistic. But there just seems to be a, um, a familiar pattern of crushing disappointment every time we play them. Um, but yeah, no, FA Cup aside, I think that's probably like the last two times we've beaten you in the FA Cup in uh, last season and in, what was it, 2017 when Monreal scored and Sanchez scored. So... Yeah. Yeah, it's um, it's not something we necessarily always look forward to. It's a game that I look out on the calendar, obviously, because it's still a big game between the big six. Is it yeah. a game that Man City fans look out for, Luke, or is it sort of just a game you normally expect to win? No, I'm I'm usually with the big games. I'm always a bit like apprehensive because I've been like, it doesn't matter, like if it's the league or not. At some point, you'll beat us in the league. Everyone beats someone. Like, for example, with Anfield, we we, we won their last. 18 years before we won last couple of weeks ago and we did it so anyone can be anyone at the moment so I think you know I, I would always say like never count anything to be a guaranteed win anymore 
So I would say, like, I'm very apprehensive. I know Arsenal are still good going forward with Saka, Bamiyang, Pepe. I wouldn't say William because William's been a bit on and off. But what if he's against us? It's going to happen, obviously. But no, I, again, it's one of those games where it's. Um, I look forward to it because, uh, say, so I do rate Arsenal, especially for the history and everything of the, the Invincibles, and I do rate them very highly. I think Arteta's a good manager. I think you need to give him time, like any manager right now. You need to give, you need to give them time throughout the next couple of years to bet in. You can't just bet instant glory because it ain't going to happen. Um, yeah, it's it's a bit of a weird one, Arteta. You need, I think you're right. We need to give him time. We can't just sack him if it all goes wrong after a season. Um, is it too early to say that we're playing the champions elect? <sighs> Do you not I want think... to take fate, or is it? It's sort of generally accepted now. It's it should be yours to lose. See, the thing is, right? I'm not. I would never say that until it's confirmed, guaranteed. We're talking because at the end of the day, right? We came back in April from United to eight points behind in 2012, and we won the league. Obviously, last minute, but we still did it. So it shows you that you can still go on a decline late on. So obviously, at the moment, we're playing really well. We've got. De Bruyne and Aguero coming back now. We're already in the same team. It's been mental already. But, I mean, I'd like to think that with, you know, take, take each game as it comes. You've you got to, especially if you're in full competition as well, where you've got to prioritise game time and all that kind of stuff. You've got, you can't take yourself that it's granted to yet because before you know, if you, you lose a game, and last thing you know, win a game, all of a sudden it's closer again. So, I said, I, don't, I, I would say, like, I'm confident that we can definitely go on and do it and we're capable of doing it. But it's just taking each game as it comes to an really. It sort of feels like you get your best players back from injury before you play Arsenal. It sort of has always been like the point of that his last three injuries long term, he comes back for the Arsenal game. It's it's quite ridiculous. Um, we know Man City is Arsenal fans. We know that you've got dangerous players and exceptional players in every position. Uh, who would you say is the one player to look out for? Is it Foden, De Bruyne? Is he going to start? Who is... Who's the one man that will cause a problem for Arsenal? I'll tell you what Rodri might do, because that's quite surprising. But recently, he's really shown himself to be a great defensive midfielder. And he often starts most of our attacks from the back. And obviously, we've got Fernandinho still, but he's obviously getting older now. But to have someone who's a bit of a taller, like younger Sergio Busquets kind of player in him, we need that kind of player. And also, so, Jacques Cancelo as well. He's incredible. Honestly, I think this season we're really starting to see how good he really, really, really can be. I'm not saying best right back in the league, obviously, because he plays any position. He's that yeah. versatile. And you know, it's that kind of level of player that you want at any club. He's going to play anywhere you want because he helps you out anywhere. So I definitely would say watch out for Rodri and Jao Cancelo. And then obviously I would say De Bruyne and Foden, but everyone knows how good they are anyway, how good they, they can be. It's just highlighting the players that don't get a lot of praise and deserve that praise. I think Rodri and Cancelo definitely deserve more praise than what they, what they currently get. So, Gundogan's a player that, well, obviously, he, he's another one coming back from injury for this game, most likely, but he's the player at the moment that does scare me because he's just been on another level, hasn't he? He's, De Bruyne has been injured and he's kind of just stepped into his shoes and it's looked like Man City haven't missed him because... He's been scoring goals for fun. He's 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 been running the show, hasn't he? And he he's the player that I think will really run the show if he does play. And it would be amazing to see Inform Gundogan and De Bruyne playing in the same side. But you know how Guardiola likes to mix it up and play. Um, even when players are playing well, he'll, he'll he'll throw other people in just to keep that squad rotation going. But it'll be interesting to see if um, 
Jesus or Aguero starts because, well, we all know Aguero, if he doesn't start, he'll come off the bench and score against us. But um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see who plays out of them too. How are you expecting Man City to line up or sort of their playing stuff? How are they going to sort of attack Arsenal and their weak, our weaknesses, especially if you expect Tierney not to play or not especially to start? And again, it's a relatively, although we've had a strong season, it's a weaker defence than the Man City attack. Um, I think because obviously with Pep you can't tell with Pep because Pep will play any random team like okay he's playing there this week and next week yeah you can't really tell but I would probably think that he probably will start the Brian this weekend as he's obviously came back yesterday obviously Wednesday in Everton he'd have obviously played a little few minutes and that but I think he'll probably think about putting Gundogan and Brian in the midfield I think he might give Foden a bit of a break I think Foden obviously does play most games now rather than now and again. But I think you want to think about because obviously you got Glad back in the week as well coming yeah. up. Not in Germany, obviously, but definitely I, mean, I think Hungary as well. So obviously we've got to think about Champions League as well and other, other things. So I probably would think that he probably would play De Bruyne this, um, this weekend. I think Aguero, he might. I think I think Aguero's almost back. I think obviously because he obviously had COVID, still he's still recovering from having COVID. So it depends really I mean I, I probably would say you might start Jesus obviously up front with Sterling and Mahrez because if I Mahrez did well it's Everton so I probably would say a different midfield definitely I think defence might, might have Diaz and Stones back at the back because them two are very good at the back but who knows who knows a Pep really because Pep's so random very thin I could be pretty wrong so yeah, he's very unpredictable in terms of teams I, I remember watching the Liverpool game I think it was where Foden started as a false nine and it was very, very crazy, but it's sort of paying off, especially where you are in the league. Um, interesting that we've spoken about Foden and sort of Foden and Saka, sort of, we've said, Dan, are leading the way in terms of young Premier League stars and the young English talents. Um, they play different positions, obviously, but who do you think is going to go on to have the bigger career? Oh, that's a good question, actually, because the thing is, well, obviously, City fans will say Foden, will say Saka. Um, I've always liked it because I often watch Arsenal when I can because I like Bukayo Saka and you know, our young players coming through. <sighs> See, at the moment, right, both of them could have stellar careers for England, stellar careers for everything else, and it's kind of hard to really tell because you, both of them have different qualities. Like, I mean, was it um, Saka's very, very quick, very nimble, sort of very good at delivering crosses into the box. Bowen's a bit more dynamic, a bit more goal score. He'll score more goals than Saka, I reckon he will, in his career. But Saka's that kind of player that you want in your team because he's dynamic, he can play anywhere. I mean, Bowen can play on the left or in midfield, but Saka can play at left back if he needs to, or play, you know, play, play anywhere around. And that's definitely someone that you definitely want in your team. He's like your, a younger version of Jacques Cancelo in a way. Obviously, lacking that kind of experience and skills that he'll get over the years, but you can see that eventually he will become a fantastic footballer. Um, so better career. Obviously, I'm old back Foden myself. Obviously, I've watched Foden for the youth team into the first team. I know how good he can be, but I'll definitely not really have Saka having a great career either because he's he's a fantastic footballer. Um, I think I think um, at the moment you just got to hold your hands up and say Phil Foden is the better football player at the moment. Um, but that isn't throwing shade on Saka because Saka's. I'd say Foden and Saka, I sent you Josh earlier um, off camera that like <clears throat> Foden and Saka are definitely ab- ab- above the rest of the pack of youngsters. Like they're above the likes of Greenwood, Martinelli. I think those, um, 
that kind of crop of youngsters, like maybe Mason Mount, you could add into there as well. Um, they're good, but I think Saka and Foden are just kind of on another planet. And I think Foden's, Foden's probably the best at the moment, but I'd say Saka's pushing him all the way. Like I'd say they're both very, very close. And you could argue Foden's had everything spoon-fed for him in a team that's perfectly built for him with Guardiola, the perfect manager for him. And then you could say Saka's been performing in an underperforming team. So I don't know. I think it would be, we definitely need to see both of them in the Euro squad come the summer. And I think Saka's versatility is something that will get him in that squad. Um, but I just think, yeah, we should, we should definitely celebrate having two, um, two of the best youngsters in the, in the league in Europe. Yeah, definitely. Um, do any Arsenal players fully fit get into a fully fit Man City team? Yeah, I think Aubameyang would because because we need a striker. For me, Jesus is not a striker. He's more of a winger. He will score goals. He he does score goals, but not consistently enough to be a striker. Aguero's getting old now and injuries starting to pile up. And obviously, I know Aubameyang isn't much older than Aguero. Or or is it all younger than Aguero? I'm not sure how old. But I know, obviously, it's we need a number nine. You know, and I think that's... I think Aubameyang, I think also it's very cycle game as well. Saka's a very good player. I, mean, I know Pep would like would use someone like Bukayo Saka on his team. Apart from that, I think that probably would be it. But I definitely would say two 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 year players get into our team. I mean, Partey, I would have said Partey, but I think the way Robbie's played with Partey potentially, yeah. Because mm. I think Partey's uh, obviously I haven't seen much of him because he's been injured, uh, injured a lot, which is annoying for you guys. But I do know how good he is, and I was very 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 you know surprised and like gobsmacked how. I don't know how to get him in the summer. I thought yeah. that was a great move. Now, I think of anything, once his injuries subside and you've got him for a certain amount of time, you'll see how good he is. Yes. And I mean, personally, I would take him at City, you know, because, because, we, because we've got players coming through who, who can do a, a job as he will do. But I will admit that he's a fantastic midfielder. I think he's one of the best in the league on his day. I think do, you think, do you think that um, Bern Leno would potentially get ahead of Edison? No, not for me. I'm not. I, I do rate Leno, but he, 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 he does have, have a mistake now and again. A mistake. You know. I mean, Edison made a mistake in the past, but Edison's as he's been number one for the last couple of years, he's got better and better and more confident in himself. I mean, what well, he sure was against Tottenham, as you probably probably like that. Maybe, maybe Tottenham three you now. The way he pinged the ball to Gundogan, yeah. that's how good he's yeah. doing. And I mean, there's another keeper in the league that does that. I mean, Allison, not really. Allison does done it before, but. Edison's done it a couple of times now. I think I think that level of goalkeeper I think was what what suits us. Leno's a great shot stopper. I think yeah. he's definitely good for your style of football. But for us, Edison's the kind of player that I would definitely have for City. Definitely, he's got the ball control of a midfielder, doesn't he? Like he's like some yeah. of his passing is ridiculous. Like yeah, no, I agree with you there. Where you say Edison suits your team more than Leno does, and I think there's some argument to say like if you put Edison in Arsenal's team. Would he get exposed? Like, is it just because Man City's defense is so good with Diaz and Stones and Laporte, or do you, I don't know? There's an argument to be had there. I will say though, quickly about the defense side of you guys, because obviously the whole thing with Saliba and that is an issue entirely. I don't know what's going on about with that. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, I've seen. No one knows what's going on. <laughs> but after fans. You just need someone there who's going to sort of secure that that position because at the moment I have no idea who's going to be at defence for the next two or three years. You need some, you need two players who are going to be that back line along with you know Tierney and 
whether you play right back Bellerin or someone you get in the summer, whoever yeah. you use there, you need a solid back line. And that is what I mean, that's what we found. You know, we we, we need to, you know, I mean, now we've got great options. You know, a left back, well, Mendy's a bit on and off, but we've got to see how that goes. But we've got you now a secure back four for the first time in a long time. Back fours win, win new titles and, and trophies. Defend, you know, obviously, scrum goals is great, but if you can't defend, you're screwed. You I think Arsenal, Arsenal fans thought it would be Gabriel, Saliba, Bellerin and uh, Tierney. Yeah. That, that yeah. was meant to be our back line this season and for the next five years. And it just yeah. hasn't happened. Holding stepped in when he needs to. Gabriel sort of dropped out when he's suspended and stuff. So we've been rotating a lot and it's, I think you're right, that solidity you're meant to have in a back line, that's meant to be the stable, most stable part of your team. You've got to build from the back and we haven't been able to do that. That would be my one criticism of Arteta. Obviously, I'm, I'm, I'm not in a place to say, you're getting it wrong, mate. I'm just here to give my opinion. But I, in my opinion, I think he changes it around too much at the back. Like, I know sometimes his hand is forced through injuries and midfield combinations and centre-back pairings. Their own, if you put two players in there and leave them in there um, to play consistently in the, the league games, like we've had, who is it? We've had ha- Gabriel and Holding. We've had Gabriel and David Luiz. We've had uh, Holding and Pablo Mari. We've had David Luiz and Pablo Mari. So if you pick a combination and consistently say, this is my best two centre-backs, then their understanding is only going to grow with each other. And we hope that come next year, Saliba will come back from Nice and he can step into that role and actually um, him and Gabriel can form that partnership because they're both young players. They'll be 23 and 20 come the start of next season, I believe. So that is the future nailed on for for our centre-backs if we can keep them both fit and in that side. Sign a right back and we've got a very strong back four with Tierney fully fit. (laughs) Hmm. Um, What's your favourite match between Arsenal and Man City? I mean, Arsenal fans says very little in recent memory <laughs> to pick from. Um, Luke, what, as a Man City fan, there's, <laughs> what game do you pick? <laughs> I think there's two. Stuff. I mean, right, I know this has been a while ago now, but it was a 6-3 game. Now, it was a mental game. I remember, I remember watching that, I was like, what is going on? You know, you were scoring, we were scoring, it was just like so on and off. And was that, like, like, Aguero scored a goal and got injured. It was just a mental game. But the first time I've ever watched, like, you know, a proper Man City Arsenal game, it really stood out to me. It was like a you know, real, like, wow game. Since then, it's been like 2 1, 1 0, 2 1 here, here and there. But I think I think out of the games we've batted you in, unfortunately, at, at Emirates, I think it's the one after the League Cup because the goals we scored in that game were absolutely incredible. Like, the first three goals in the first half. I mean, the football, I've never seen that level of football from the club or in England for a long time. I mean, maybe on the Fergie days, it was incredible. I'd probably say them two games because I think every other game, really, I know we won 3 0 last season at the Emirates, and I was at the Bruyne Masterclass. But I think the game that for me was after the League Cup game. I remember, I remember watching it, and it was just, I've never been so, you know, entranced by football before like that. It was just, you know, it's just great sort of when, you, when your club scores a goal like that or goals like that, it makes you feel proud to support that club. and you know, I watch those players play. But for me, it's probably the six-three and also the three-nil from 2018. Dan, <laughs> we don't have much yeah. choice. <laughs> now, of course, there's been lots of um, very humbling defeats away at Etihad and at, at the Emirates. Um, I was at the Emirates for that De Bruyne masterclass game. Um, 
my train was late and I walked in as De Bruyne scored the second one. So that was a nice thing to walk into. But um, yeah, no, games like that just are disheartening. But um, some of the, the really good memories we can hold on to is the last two times we played City in the FA Cup semi-final we've gone on to win win the competition so obviously naturally as a fan there's really good memories there um there's and then you've got to kind of go way back to um I can't remember what year it was but when we we wore the um the yellow kit and we beat you away at the Etihad and yeah. Santi Pazola had a masterclass and he, he did that dribble where he dribbled through like half of your team up to the um up to the um the halfway line and I believe I think Giroud scored as well in that game but it was um, I can't remember the final score, but that was another good victory. But I'd say my favourite game was probably probably have to be um, the one from last season when Aubameyang got his um, two goals and the 2-0, just because no one saw that that victory coming um, as an Arsenal fan. And the way we, we kind of, the way we played football that game was just, we defended absolutely incredibly and uh, we, we took our chances. I was so full that coming from a city point of view because just defending Rare and Hull that year was abysmal at times. So I thought, yeah, I mean, this season, if we played the FA Cup now, I'd be more confident thinking, yeah, we'll handle the, the Arsenal steroid FA Cup effect because that's, that's what happens when you win the FA Cup. You just, well, apart from the Southampton game, but that's different. But, <laughs> but you know, when it comes to an FA Cup level with, with you guys, you always need to step it up because you know, obviously, it's, it's a big time at Wembley. But, yeah. you know, it's just... It's one of those things really for us. It's just unlucky for us because every time we play, we just something to lose 2-1 but, or 2-0. But no, I mean, no, I remember watching that. I mean, I was always gutted at the time. We, we wasn't on the trophy, but you were, you were brilliant. You deserved to win that game 100%. You were incredible. So yeah, fair enough to to Aubameyang. Incredible. Again, there's, there's two games to stand out for me. The 6-3 because I remember Theo Walcott, even though we got destroyed, had a reasonably good game. He scored a very nice goal. So that's the one that stands out for me in terms of, it's a defeat, but I think Walcott played really well that day and had a good season that year. Uh, again, I was going to say last season semi-final, just because I went, I saw the draw, I was like, I don't want any of them. But if I had to have, like, one of them, Man City would be the one I wouldn't want. Yeah. And we just, we just played so well. <laughs> I was, it was first, like, the season we had, losing to Brighton in the way we did, just capitulating, to go on and then play like that against the best team in the country. I know Liverpool had a great season, but you're still one of the best teams in the country. It was very, <laughs> it was a very good day. And obviously to go on and then win it a couple of weeks later was, was very special. So those two were really the ones for me, even though we lost one of them, I think it just stands out because of the, the, the amount of goals and the type of goals that we had. Um, I don't want to, Sort of, it's not easy to predict these games, especially in the Premier League, especially with Man City. Um, but how could we see this one going? <laughs> now, I expect Arsenal to actually do really well at this game, actually. A lot of people are thinking that we're going to bat you. That's no, I mean, we might do, you never know, football, but you might batter us. You never know with football. But I do think you're going to play really well against us. I think you definitely will score. I think you're definitely going to score a goal. I know, but they've done really well with. with Recently, with Galinci, obviously Everton scored a really fluky goal that's where it crosses up the post and off the player went in. But again, if people are scoring goals in this team, and we'll obviously see Aubameyang get a hat trick at Leeds, so yeah. it shows obviously if he keeps obviously if he keeps that going, that's in battle. Well, I wouldn't say battle the one game, but you never know. Hat trick can boost confidence. So 
I would definitely say we'd be a difficult game. I'm obviously going to back City to win this game. Obviously, I think I think we'll definitely got the opportunity, got the chance to win this game. I would probably say it would be a close one though, and it'd be like a three 0 like the last few years because this is a different Arsenal team. Obviously, we'll get oh, obviously like like mid table still, but I think once that team is settled, it's got a more of a foundation. You'll start going up the table again. So I probably would say a prediction. I probably would say like a two one going out to us. I mean, obviously it could be the other way around or a draw. But I think personally, it'll probably be a two-one, something like that. Um. Well, <laughs> where do we start? Um, I, I normally love to be very positive with uh, predictions and say we're going to win six-one or something like that. <laughs> no, but um, this this game just I I do not feel confident. It just feels like every, normally when we play a team, there's like an area we can get at, but City at the moment just are on another level. And I, I genuinely can't see us winning this game unless you guys have an off day and we have one of the best games of our lives. And it's a very different look Arsenal side. I hope Arteta sticks with the, the team we had against Leeds and he plays that kind of more creative side. But then we're just going to be left to get sliced open at the back. So I, I would like to see him play the likes of Erdegaard, Emil Smith-Rowe and Saka. Um, and Sabayos behind him with Shaka just to kind of have that more positive, creative kind of look. But we're going to have to defend for our lives. So we are at home, but we probably won't have much of the ball. Um, I, I can't even bring myself to predict a draw. So I'm going to say two on Arsenal and hope that some sort of a miracle happens. I'm, I'm the pessimist of this podcast in terms of score predictions <laughs> when it comes to Arsenal. I, I never really expect us to do anything really um i can't predict a loss no. it would just be utterly humiliating to do that um although what i think i think you what you did to liverpool and they're the cha- they're current champions i mean you can go and do that even, even worse to anyone else um so i'll, I'll say 2-2 two, two. <laughs> i don't know how much i believe it <laughs> but <laughs> at least we get something and a couple of goals out of it but uh, you never know. You never know. You sort of Edison could have a disaster like Allison did. Uh, hopefully, hopefully that De Bruyne is not fit or Fabian just has some epic game. But yeah, I'll, I'll say two two. That, that's the official score prediction. But <laughs> we never know. Uh, that is it. Thank you for coming on, Luke. Um, I'm hope we're all hoping for an Arsenal win. Well, Dan and I are at least. Um, <laughs> So we'll be praying for an Arsenal win and we'll be watching closely on Sunday. I normally say good luck when we get a guest come on, although we never really wish luck upon them. Uh, but thank you for your time. Thank you for coming on. Yeah, mate. Thanks for coming on. Thanks for coming, Dan, again. And we will be back uh, to preview, uh, to review the Benfica game. And we'll be back on Monday to review, a hopefully, Arsenal 3 Man City nil <laughs> result. <laughs> Just sort of delay the title for a couple of weeks at least. Uh, (laughs) Thank you for time. Remember to like, subscribe, share and comment. And we'll catch you next time. Goodbye. Sports Social Podcast Network.